Caleb Joseph Powell was a 24-year-old from Surprise, Arizona. He had two siblings and loved the outdoors. On March 17, 2014, Caleb left his house with a co-worker. The plan was to take the man home. The drop-off happened, but Caleb never returned. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. I think it's come up at least a couple times in Unfound's existence, most likely on the YouTube live show, that I'm Irish. Well, not totally Irish. I'm 66% Irish and 33% English, which is a conflict if there ever was one. How do I know this? My sister Diane got our genetics done a few years ago. Not that it was any surprise. My biological mother's last name was McDavitt. And my biological family's last name is Joyce. I mean, we might as well be painted green. How did I get the German last name Denzel? Long story. Much too long for this intro. But I don't have any of those stereotypes that Irish people are supposed to have. I don't drink at all. I don't have red hair, although my facial hair used to be red. I don't have much of a temper, and I'm not a Notre Dame fighting Irish fan, although I do love potatoes. Well, in the disappearance of Caleb Powell, on March 17, 2014, Caleb left his house with a co-worker. It was to be a simple trip, take the guy home, and return. Yet Caleb disappeared, and we're left to wonder what happened during this St. Patrick's Day disappearance. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good, who's been recently married, and her website charlieproject.org. Caleb Powell was the oldest child, having a younger brother and sister. He wasn't into sports, but he loved the outdoors, especially camping and riding quads. Caleb graduated from high school, but he had his problems. In 2008, a judge sentenced him to five years in jail for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. On top of that, the incident was labeled a hate crime, further adding to his sentence. However, those years in jail must have been good for Caleb, because when he got out, Except for a couple traffic offenses, he had no misdemeanors or felonies in the year preceding his disappearance. He even got his own place and had two jobs. So, on March 17, 2014, Caleb was at his father and grandmother's house in Surprise, Arizona, where he had just moved in. A co-worker, Kevin Banta, was also there. Caleb agreed to drive Kevin home. Kevin lived 40 minutes away in the south part of Phoenix, 
the two left. The belief was that Caleb would return either that evening or the next day. However, that didn't happen. Yes, Kevin made it home, but he says Caleb dropped him off and left. Caleb was never seen again. His truck was found and towed away two days later from the side of the road near the V. Kiva Hotel and Casino. This area would not have been on the way home from Kevin's house, although the location is close to South Phoenix. Due to Caleb's criminal history and his age, police didn't take a missing persons report for a year and a half, leaving the family to fend for itself for those 18 months. There are still several unknowns in Caleb's case that are usually knowns by the time a disappearance gets to be almost seven years old. I believe the way to reconcile this lack of information is by finding answers to these main questions. Number one, why was neither the co-worker Kevin nor his family helpful when questioned about Caleb by both police and by Unfound's own staff? Number two, how are we to explain the fact that Caleb's father and grandmother gave the lamest of excuses when questioned as to why they didn't file a missing persons report when Caleb didn't return? And number three, how should Caleb's family go about getting information that many other families already have? Caleb's family is open to many different theories regarding his disappearance. Everything from he walked off to intentional foul play. The guest for this episode is Caleb's mother, Lori Powell. Unfound news. The next Unfound on the ground for premium Patreon members will be this coming Monday, November 30th at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom. The topic will be human trafficking and missing persons, communication and culture. Assistant Eric will be leading the discussion as always. If you'd like to be a Patreon subscriber, please sign up at patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. Next, this is the last episode of November. You know what that means. Before the next episode comes out, you will have gotten your December Unfound newsletter. That is, if you're on the list. The question is, are you on the list? Finally, I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I spent it with my brother and his wife. All I did was eat. I did no cooking because... Nobody really wants to see that. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Deezer, Facebook, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us on our podcast channel for the Unfound live show. All of you can talk with me and I can answer your questions. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast. This week, I need to thank Barbara. You can also contribute at PayPal, paypal.me forward slash unfound podcast. And do not forget the website, theunfoundpodcast.com. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the mother of Caleb Powell, Lori Powell. Lori, welcome to Unfound. 
Thank you. Let's start here. I know that in our conversations that you have more than uh, just a Caleb as a child. Let's just talk about how many children you have, um, maybe their general range of er uh, ages, where Caleb falls in line, and we'll kind of go from there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your family. Okay. I have three kids, two boys and a girl. Caleb is actually my oldest with a younger brother, Daniel, and a little sister, Scotland. Wow, okay. Caleb was, yeah, Caleb is 30 now. His brother's 27 and his sister's 24. All right, so six-year span there uh, with Daniel right there in the middle. And, mm -hmm. um, okay, and how would you say Caleb was as being uh, the oldest of the three? How how did all three of them get along, maybe as little kids, et cetera? They got along great. He was the typical big brother. Like, yeah. he could mess with them, but nobody else could. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you, uh, you had two boys. Were you looking for a girl on the on the third one, Lori? I was looking for a girl on all of them. Oh, you were looking for a girl on all of them. Okay, well, uh, yeah. okay, well, one out of three ain't bad, I guess. Okay. Right. Okay, so, all right, you had Caleb, Daniel, and what's your daughter's name again, please? Scotland. Scotland. Mm-hmm, like the country. You're going to have to explain that for the listeners, please. My husband asked me on our first date, what do you name, think of the name Scotland? And I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. Are you going to get a puppy? Next thing I know, I have a kid. A daughter and named Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. And does she go by that today? Yeah. Very rarely do people call her Spotty. All right. That, I, I want the listeners to know this is the first time I've heard about this, and I love it. Even though I'm Irish and English, uh, being that she's named Scotland, it's fine by me. That's very interesting. That's a very interesting story, Lori. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if Daniel and Caleb um, might have made, because they have more standard names, did they pick on her a little bit because of that name? Yeah, just a little bit. Okay. But nobody else is allowed to, just them. Okay. All right. So you have these uh, three children. Uh, uh, the span is six years between the oldest and youngest, okay, and, and Caleb was the oldest. Okay. Let's just talk about uh, Caleb uh, exclusively now, being that this is what this all episode is all about. Um, what, uh, as a young boy into being a teenager, what were some of the things that Caleb was, Caleb was in? Interests, hobbies, sports, things like that. What can you tell the listeners? He really wasn't into sports. Um, he liked outdoor things like motocross, going quadding, things like that. Sports, no. No sports. Okay. All right. Uh, did you have uh, uh, quads and motorcycles in your family, or did you rent them? What What was the situation there? We had them. You had them. Neat. Yeah. Neat. And like, he loved to go camping, anything outdoors. Outdoors. Okay. Well, and Arizona is a good place for that. I mean, besides uh, Phoenix... Uh, you know, it has a lot of desert, so it's a lot of areas you can take those four-wheelers out there and ride around. Right. Okay. Okay. That's neat. And what about any, so outdoors, do you do any, is there hunting in Arizona? I don't even know. Do, do they have a hunting season? Was he that kind of outdoors or, or something else? They do have hunting out here. It just, he was more of the camper. Camper. I don't want to sit in 
a tree and wait for an animal to come up. Okay. So you just like the outdoors, setting the tent up somewhere, going hiking, seeing the views, yeah. et cetera. Okay. Yeah. And did you do that often? Yes. Okay. All right. So that's what he was into. And uh, as uh, a teenager, I was kind of into uh, motorcycles. I had a three-wheeler, though, uh, so I know a, a okay. little bit about that living out in the hills of Pennsylvania growing up. Okay. What about um, – how about uh, when he was a teenager – any girlfriends, uh, school, et cetera? No girlfriends. And it's kind of weird. I feel kind of funny saying this, but none of my kids dated in high school. Hmm. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Was that because yeah. uh, you uh, as a parent or is that just some uh, independent choice they made? I think it's something independently that they did. Either mm. that or they were afraid when they brought the – person home, I was going to thoroughly embarrass them. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. But none of them dated in high school. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of, I was kind of that way uh, myself, so I can kind of relate at least a little bit. Um, what about high school, uh, Caleb? Uh, graduate and or what year? If not, uh, did he work? What did he do? He did graduate. I don't remember what year. Okay, so he would be 30, though, now, right? You said that in 2020? Yeah. Okay, so maybe yeah. 2008, 20, 2008, 2007, something like that, maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds, okay. So he graduated high school, and um, what did he do after that? Did he work in high school? Like many, of course, kids have jobs, you know, side jobs, maybe working 10 hours a week or something. Did he do anything like that in high school? No, he he went to a different type of training called jail. Oh, okay. Well, we were going to talk about that. It's certainly on our list of things to talk about, but since you brought it up, why don't we uh, talk about it right now? So he did graduate high school, but he had some jail issues. Uh, when did those first start popping up, Lori? Um, the only thing I know about was just a hate crime. Okay. And... And what happened? And that got him five years. Did he? Did, so he did something against the minority because that person was a minority. I don't know if that was the reason or not. Okay. But that's the reason he got sent to jail. Yeah. What did he uh, say to you about this? Um. Just that he was looking at five years. Okay. Was he living at home when this happened? No. He was staying at his grandma's house. Okay. Do you know the particulars? I mean, did he uh, – I'm guessing he didn't murder someone because he only got five years, but uh, he must have beat somebody up pretty badly. I think he had a gun, and I think all he did was point it at the person. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever went off. Okay. All right. So your understanding is, and of course you weren't there, but he wasn't. I guess he wasn't living with you at the time. Correct. Is is there a reason he wasn't living with you at the time? No, he just wanted to live at his dad's house or at his grandma's house. Okay, and that was up in the the surprise area of Arizona. Correct. All right, and where were you living at the time? 
I was in El Mirage, probably about 15 minutes away. Okay. And after this happened, I mean, I'm guessing you and Caleb's father was were divorced at that time. Did he or uh, Caleb's grandmother ever say to you, explain to you what happened? Did they have anything to say about this when this happened in 2009? No. His father and I do not talk. Don't talk. Okay. All right. What did, if you can say, uh, what did your son Daniel and your daughter have to say about? Obviously, this is 2009. Caleb's roughly 19. Your youngest daughter, Scotland, is only 13, but Daniel's about 16. Did any either of them have anything to say about it? Did they ever find out what happened specifically uh, in this charge? That a hate crime is very serious. Any any ideas? No, they really didn't mention any of it. Never talked about it. I mean, it looked like it was dinner conversation. Okay. And you have told me, and um, because it's a very serious charge, I think we all know that. And, um, but you have told me, though, that he went to jail for those five years, and you've told me you never went to see him while he was in jail. Is that true? True. Is it, can you explain that? I'm not judging you. Uh, I don't have any right. kids, so I don't know. I can't put myself in your situation. But what was your reasoning uh, for that? I just – honestly, Ed, I, I never thought about it. Like I still had two kids at home. Mm-hmm. Caleb and I wrote letters quite often. It never crossed my mind to even go and visit him. Okay. What did some – if you can say – I know these would be private – uh, conversations between you and Caleb, but what did those letters say just about him living, uh, of course, living in jail and trying to get through those years? Yeah. Okay. And he sent me new recipes he made out of ramen. Okay. Um, and in none of that time did he ever explain to you um, what happened to put him in jail? Never went through the... No. No. Okay. Did, and did, I've even gone back and reread those letters. You have, okay. Yeah. All right. Do you remember even finding out how Caleb got in trouble? Did he call you? Did, did the police call you? I mean, how did you find out that he had been charged with this this crime? He called me collect from jail. Wow. Okay. All right, so he gets in trouble. Um, was that the first time that he had ever been in jail? I believe so. Okay. So you had that. Now, including that, I'm just asking. I don't really know, but I will. I have to bring it up. Did he have any other issues, uh, any addictions, anything like that re- regarding no. drugs or anything else? No. Okay. All right, so he's in there for these five years. Uh, of course, your other two children are, are getting older. Uh, he's in there five years. And he's writing letters back and forth to him. Do you know of anybody, friends or other family members that might have gone to see him while he was in jail? No. Okay. All right. Um, do you think that either of your ch- other children ever went to see him while he was in jail? Do you even know? They were too young. Too young. To get there on their own. Okay. And where was he in jail? Where what what 
Where? I know he was in Florence, just right outside of Tucson. Okay, so not close. You know, Tucson yeah. is down there. I mean, kind of Phoenix is right in the center of Arizona. Tucson, Tucson is like down there near the Mexican border. So that's a decent drive from Surprise. Right. Having been in all of these areas myself over 10 years ago. Okay. All right. Um, I guess uh, you knew you were looking forward to him getting out of jail, finally. Yes. Okay. I have to admit, and I have to ask this, um, you know, what kind of relationship did you and Caleb have before he went to jail? Uh, did he want to live with his father because, uh, as maybe a lot of kids do, just because his father was more lenient, or what do you think? I would say yes. Because there were rules at my house. Mm-hmm. Okay. And over there, maybe he could get away with a few things? Yeah. Okay. All right, so he goes to jail. He's in there for five years. And um, it, it seems like he served out his term. doesn't seem like he did anything in jail to extend his term. You know, tried to stay out of out of trouble, it seems, and then he is let out. And do you remember seeing him after he got out? How soon did did you see him after he got out of jail? I think it was about a week. About a week, okay. And how was he? Do you remember how he was? Um, how he was doing? Was he, he ready to good. live a straight life? You know, out of jail. Yeah, he looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. I kind of envisioned him as being like a hardened criminal, but yeah. he looked really good. Okay. And maybe some people, and I asked you about this actually one of the times that we spoke. Um, if you look at his pictures, for example, on the Charlie Project, it certainly does seem like he lost a lot of weight while he was in jail. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at some of the pictures and then other pictures – it doesn't even look like the same person. It's that stark of a difference. Um, did he lose weight in jail? Or I, I know they have gyms and things in jail. Was he working out? What was he doing? I know he worked out. Mm-hmm. Like, what does the gym in jail look like? I don't know. I know, I know, but I guess what I'm saying is I get the impression he lost quite a bit of weight while he was in jail. Is that your your impression too? Yes. Okay, because he has this very, you know, people look at the pictures. It's Once again, I've covered almost 200 disappearances. We're used to talking about missing people who have been in jail at one point or another, men or women. We don't care at Unfound, but this is probably one of the starkest differences between a person going into jail and the person coming out because he's a very round face. It seems when he went into jail, and then when he got out, it's a very lean face. And so yeah. you could just tell that uh, he lost some weight. Okay, so he lost some weight getting out of jail, and we know that he got this job um, working for a guy who we're going to talk about, Lloyd Banta. Do you remember that happening um, You know, soon after, and, and do you know how that started? It You had told me that um, – Caleb was friends with uh, Lloyd's son, Kevin, at at some point, and that's how he got the job. What can you say about that, and what was the job? I believe Kevin and Caleb went to school together. Mm -hmm. 
And what he was doing for Lloyd, he was doing under the table. Okay. And he was working at a, a scrapyard, a salvage yard. Okay. So when you say under the table, he's getting paid cash, so no taxes, yeah. things like that. That's what you mean if yeah. people are not familiar with that term. Okay. And where was Caleb living? Did he When he got out of jail, did he live with you? Did he go back and live with his father? Where was he living? cousin's house over off of 35th Avenue and Indian School, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then he was able to get his own apartment. Okay. After the apartment, he went and he was renting a trailer from Lloyd. Okay. And during, and, and when do you remember, maybe we need to establish this, uh, we don't need the specific date, but uh, he got out of jail in 2014? No, 13. 2013. Okay. So he got out in 2013, and so he's – we know that he disappeared uh, St. Patrick's Day. At least that's the date that uh, we're using for this disappearance, St. Patrick's Day 2014. So he gets out. He's living in these variety of places the rest of t 2013 into 2014. And how often would you see him? How often would you talk to him? I would see him at least three to four times a week. Wow. He would just – Come over, okay. but we we would text a lot. But him and his little sister text every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how would you say um, he was doing? You've seen him three, four times a week. How was he doing? Do you believe that he was staying out of trouble? Do you think that uh, how how was he handling being outside? You know, a free man again after five years inside. How was he doing? I'm sure it was a culture shock because when he went in, he was last year a teenager. When he mm. comes out, he's 23. Yeah. He always seemed fine. And I I honestly don't think there were any drugs, anything like that. He never said, like, he would come over and go through my, cab my cabinets, my fridge. He never said, hey, mom, can I have money? Never. Never. Okay. No. And uh, I need to ask you this, and I, I, the listeners know this, maybe one of the very common things that we run into with disappearances, if they involve drugs or theft, even from people's parents, you never found he ever stole anything from you or anything like that. He was just... No. Never. Okay. No. All right, so you're seeing him three, four times a week, which I'm sure uh, you liked. I'm guessing that Caleb got to see his younger brother Daniel and his younger sister as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's just doing this job. He's getting paid under the table, which uh, we, of course, know is illegal, but I don't know what we can do about that now. But right. he's having his own place. He never asks you for money. Uh, you never got the idea that he was doing anything illegal. Uh, you never got – did you ever get the feeling maybe he was hanging out with some unsavory types, shady people? No, because I've never met Lloyd. I've never met Kevin. Mm -hmm. The only one from them I met was the sister, and that was only like once or twice. Okay. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, um, when people are in jail, never even if – brought people over. Okay, uh, that's, and that's fine. Thank you for stating that. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is you never got the idea because – you know, some people no. when they go to jail, they do meet other people who are criminals, and then they kind of meet up after they get out. You, 
to this day don't know anything about any of that. No. And there's no proof of that. And when, when he would come over, he never had, like, new stuff, like, oh, look at me in my $200 shoes. Uh -huh. It was never like that. Okay. Very good. That's uh, You're very observant. That's that, that probably would be a bad sign. And the, right. the people should know that I've looked up, uh, and you should know myself and uh, one of my assistants, Sheree, the listeners should know, that we've made an attempt to contact Lloyd and Kevin and Kevin's sister, um, and none of them ever got back to us to talk to them. But uh, the listeners should know that uh, Kevin, although he does have some things on the criminal record, that's several, several years ago, well before, and nothing really, really – that bad is some traffic stuff, insurance stuff, car stuff, nothing, and Lloyd has nothing, and, and neither do, does the sister Kelly. So it's not like these people, uh, at least officially on the criminal record side, had anything uh, going on. So it's not like it seems like uh, Caleb was working with or working for some shady people. It just doesn't seem like that to me. But okay, so Caleb's coming over. He's seeing you. You're getting to see him. You're glad he's out again. He's working. He's li uh, in this trailer that he was living in, and it was loaned, owned by Lloyd. Was he living by himself? How how was that going? Um, he was living by himself, and then Daniel moved in with him for a bit. Okay. Do do you remember why that decision was made? Was Daniel living with you and decided to move over, or how did that work? Do you remember? Um, I, do what? Do you remember? I do believe Daniel went to his grandma's, and then from there he went over to Caleb. Okay. He wasn't at Caleb's very long. Okay. So uh, when you say he wasn't at Caleb's very long, you're saying that he moved in with Caleb, and then shortly after that, uh, Caleb went missing? Yeah. Okay. okay. So Daniel was living with Caleb when Caleb went missing? They were on the in the process of moving out. Right, right. Okay, and let's move on to that. Thank you for bringing that up. Do you know uh, the reason that um, Caleb, living by himself, which seems like a pretty good situation for somebody in his mid-20s, living with his brother. I lived with one of my brothers for a while. Uh, but then he decides to move back in with his father and his grandmother, who would be his father's mother. Do you Do you know why that happened? Because Lloyd was going to sell that trailer where he was living. Okay. And where was this trailer? I, just a general idea of the Phoenix Surprise area. Where was it? Where was the trailer? Yeah. Yes. Um, I want to say it was like 51st and Baseline, 51st and Southern, way down south. Way down south, Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. And where his father lived was up not even wasn't even a Phoenix address. It was a surprise address, which is up in like the northwest. Correct. So not close to each other at all. Correct. Okay. All right. And so uh, were you surprised by this that he was? Because you've told me that Caleb and his father maybe didn't get along too well. Were you surprised that he was deciding to move back there? No, because his grandma was there. All right. So Caleb and his grandmother were close. Yeah. Okay. Would he have been welcome to move back in with you? Yeah. All right. Okay. But he didn't choose to choose to do that? <laughs> Correct. 
Okay, I have to ask, did you take that personally? No. No. Okay. All right, so he's just making a choice. Where did where was Daniel going to go, being that this trailer was getting sold? Where was Daniel going to go live? Daniel came home to us. Oh, he did. All right, so one brother goes with you. The other brother uh, goes uh, with his father. Maybe that's not too surprising. Okay, but the job wasn't tra- uh, changing, right? Lloyd was just selling that trailer, but the plan was for Caleb to still work for Lloyd and with Kevin? Correct. Okay. And at this time, too, Caleb had, was working for doing solar panels for commercial buildings. Wow. Okay. So you had a couple jobs. Yeah. Okay. Good for him. All right. Well, no wonder he never had to ask you for money. Okay. So um, you're still seeing him. Um, being that he was going to be moving up there to surprise and – uh, did you think it was going to continue to see him like three or four times a week? Yeah, because it was closer than what he was before. Oh, right, right. Okay. Now, something else that you've talked about, and I'm still trying to get her name correct. Is her name Kelly or Kayla that was um, that was Kevin's sister and Lloyd's daughter? Was it Kelly or Kayla? Kelly. Kelly. Okay. Um, but uh, – Caleb was having a relationship with Kevin's sister. Yes. All right. And you you said that you actually met her a couple times. Did, can you give any impression of her? Um. Um. She. She was an odd girl. Okay. She. I don't know. She wasn't somebody. I don't know. I did not care for her. You did not care for her. No. You've not been the first mother who's ever been on Unfound that said that your son or daughter (laughs) was uh, dating somebody that they didn't like. That is common, so don't feel too bad about that. That's just your impression. Um, She came over. You just met her a couple times. Maybe she was just nervous or something like that. Uh, Did you uh, tell this to Caleb, or did you just let it be? Honestly, I told it to her. You told it to her. How did she react to that? She's just like, well, most people don't. Okay. She was just like, you couldn't carry on a conversation with her. There was mm-hmm. nothing there. Okay. Well, maybe she was just nervous. And uh, if she, I like, um, you know, if she's very young, then maybe meeting her boyfriend's mother and maybe a little intimidating or something or not. But uh, so Caleb though did bring her over. I mean, some guys are afraid to bring you know girlfriends over to meet a mother or father. So, um, we're, but I guess what you're saying though is that they weren't living together, or at least your understanding. What do you what do you think the arrangement was? I think the arrangement was he wanted to be in a relationship with her. She didn't know what she wanted, so I think they were pretty much friends with benefits. Okay. All right, and when would you say was the last time you saw her uh, before – how long – I guess what I'm asking is how long were they, at least from what you could tell, an item before Caleb disappeared? How many months, weeks? What do you think? So he brought her over on his birthday, so April 24th in 2013. Wow. 
and my kids did group photo for me for my birthday mm -hmm. in August of 2013, and then that was the last time I saw Kelly. Okay. And then this happened in 14. It did, yes. He disappeared once again March 17th, 2014. But the way you understand things, though, um, were they still an item at the time of his disappearance, or do you think that they broke up before that? I think they were still. Because she would contact me, like, in the beginning when mm -hmm. he left. Or, oh. But nothing, nothing after that. It okay. lasted about a week. Okay. So uh, that could be a sign, and maybe the reason you never saw her again is maybe because Caleb knew that, you know, what you said what you said to her, maybe he just said, well, I like her, Mom, and that's tough. So he just knew not to bring her around, and that that's very common. Okay. So he's working. He has a girlfriend. Uh, he's working with this guy that, uh, that he went to high school with, working for uh, the guy's father, once again, Lloyd Banta. I think we can use his name. Um, and then uh, he has these two jobs, working in the scrapyard, putting these solar panels on houses, things. Uh, your impression come, let's just say, March of 2014. How did you think Caleb was doing overall, which would have been close to a year since he got out of jail? Your impression, how was he doing? I thought he was doing well. I thought, I thought he adjusted fine. Mm -hmm. I thought... Mm -hmm. I I didn't worry. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. I keep asking myself, did I miss something? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. Uh, of course, this disappearance is you know roughly six and a half years old. Would would you say that that was the impression of your other two children too, of Daniel and of Scotland? You you you've told us that your daughter and and Caleb con uh, kept in contact very often. Would you say that that was your daughter's impression, too, that Caleb was doing fairly well? Yeah. And has, yeah. She ever, has she ever said anything since his disappearance that she says, you know, looking back on it now, you know, that was kind of strange? Or has it been – she is just as puzzled as you are about uh, Caleb's disappearance. What would you say? We're all, we're all puzzled. Okay. So your daughter, who was also – talking to Caleb, uh, very surprised, did not believe that he was involved in any shady things that could have gotten him in trouble. No. Okay. Correct. All right. Thank you. All right. And uh, being that you said that uh, he had moved out because Lloyd was going to be selling that trailer, um, mm -hmm. how long would you say it was between Caleb moving back in with his father and grandmother and him disappearing? How long time span was that, roughly? Probably a week. A week, not long at all. Okay. No. So maybe March 10th, uh, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's move up to that day, and I would just have to understand we know that you were not there. Uh, you, you had no contact with your ex-husband, Caleb's father. We can certainly understand that. So a lot of these things that you were told by other people, which is totally fine, but the way you understand it, um, what do you know about that day, March 17th, 2014, as far as where Caleb was? And the understanding is that he was with Kevin. What, you know, what was Kevin doing up in that area of surprise? And, uh, 
you know, maybe just explain that to the listeners the way you understand it. So, Kayla's grandma lived in surprise. Kevin's dad lived maybe two blocks from her. Oh, okay. Kevin needed a ride home. He lived not far from where Caleb lived, 51st Avenue and Southern. And so Caleb went to take him home. Told his grandma, I'll be back. I'm going to take Kevin home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and how far would you say – and I'll be doing a map. The listeners should know I'll be doing a map that would be posted on YouTube so everybody can understand these different locations. Uh, I'm familiar with them because I went to Phoenix and that area many, many times when I lived in Las Vegas, but I just understand most of you would not be. So um, if you get a little confused with some of these addresses, I will uh, explain all of it in a YouTube video that will be posted the day that this episode comes out. So uh, how long would you say, though, a drive from Surprise, Arizona to where Kevin was living in South Phoenix? How far or how long? About an hour. About an hour. Okay. Do you happen to know uh, after these six years what Kevin was even doing up seeing his father and seemingly without a car? Does that – No. Okay. And did you know being that you saw Kevin three times a week, let's say – um, during the course of the early 2014, did you ever know of Caleb to drive Kevin back to his house at any time? No. Okay. And uh, the way you understand it, did your uh, your ex-mother-in-law and ex-husband actually see Kevin with Caleb that day? I don't know. Okay. So where did you get this story from that's saying that Kevin uh, – Caleb drove Kevin back to South Phoenix? Where does that story come from? So Daniel, the middle child, was out visiting his grandma, and he came home and asked me if I had heard from Caleb, and I said, no, why? And he told me that the last time they saw him was on St. Patrick's Day, and mm-hmm. Caleb had left to take Kevin home. All right, so you're so not only were your ex-mother-in-law, and your ex-husband there, but your son Daniel was there too. If he was there the day that this happened, I don't know. Okay, so when did he? I don't know if it was all right, okay. so, all right, very good. Uh, when did Daniel tell you that that uh, Caleb was missing? Was it March 18th, or what do you think it was? I want to say it was probably the 21st of March when I found wow. out. So four days. Uh, I have to ask you then, if it was four days, did you not find it odd that that Caleb, you didn't talk to Caleb during those four days, or were just things going on in your life that you didn't notice? I believe this was the end of spring break, Mm -hmm. and we had just gotten home. Okay, where were you? I believe this, we were camping. We went up to Lake Pleasant camping. Okay, and who, if you can say, who went? It was me, my husband, and Scotland. Okay. And we already know that Caleb had moved back in with his father and grandmother. And But Daniel uh, did not go camping with you even though he moved back in with you. What was he doing? Where was he during these camping days? Do you know? He was working. He, he was, was working. working. Okay. He was working. Yeah. All right. So we have the three of you went camping. Daniel stays at your house by himself. Okay, and then we – so we have Caleb who's also working, live with – so we got the family spread out, 
and then uh, you get back, and Daniel comes home one day and says he's been told by his grandmother, and uh, is your ex-husband also his father? Yes. Okay. Is told that Caleb left with Kevin, and Caleb was never seen again. That's what he tells you. Correct. Okay. Um, what do you do uh, when after uh, Daniel tells you this? I I start calling his phone. I start texting him. Mm-hmm. When I don't hear anything for I don't know a few hours, I yeah. start to panic. I bet. And that's when I I start calling the police. Okay. And uh, did did you happen to have the phone number of Kevin or uh, Kelly or Lloyd that you could call them? Did you make an attempt to call them at that time? No. All right. Um, So did the police show up that day, the 21st, the 22nd? Did you file a police report? What went on next? I'm still waiting for the police to show up. Six and a half years later? They never came. Okay. What did they do? They told me he was of age because he was 24. Okay. Um, because I know that there is a missing persons report on him. I mean, uh, Caleb is, uh, for example, on the Charlie Project. Um, so obviously somebody did paperwork somewhere. Um, do you Do you think they just did the paperwork and that was that and let it be? No, I think the police report and the missing person report got made out October of 2015. All right, so a year and a half later. Yeah. Okay, so all right. Thank you for explaining that. So you call the police, and they kind of just say, we're not going to do anything? Yes, he's of age. He's of age. He could take off if he wanted. Uh, How many times would you say you talked to the police, even though they weren't going to do anything between then and that next year and a half. So for the first week after me finding out about Caleb, I called the El Mirage Police Department. I called the Surprise Police Department. I called the Phoenix Police Department. I went down instead of the police department. Um, did you know if they thought a team building, they will shut down an entire police department for a day? I hmm. figured that out. Mm-hmm. I called the sheriff's office because I live inside of city limits. The sheriff cannot do anything. I mm-hmm. was told you need to contact the police department where he was taking the person. Mm-hmm. I contacted them. They said, no, you need to contact the police department where he lived. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I called the police department. And so... I called the chief of police. And they were they were playing what you might call hot potato with you. I don't want yes. it. You take it. Yeah. Okay, which is uh, something, once again, that we've come across. I wouldn't know how often uh, we've come across that on Unfound, but it certainly does happen quite a bit that it's not, you know that we I'm reminded of it every time the topic comes up. Um, are we then to understand, though, we have to remember Caleb wasn't living with you. He was living with his father and his grandmother. Are you saying that when he did not return that day or the next few days, they didn't try to file a police report either? No, they did not. His dad didn't want to, according to the ex-mother-in-law. Any insight into that at all? Being Just that I know that, that you don't talk to him, any insight at all? 
just according to the mother or from the mother-in-law. Yeah. Um, when I spoke to her about it, and it was maybe one, maybe two conversations, mm-hmm. he, the ex-husband didn't want it reported because, well, he had done something wrong. So your ex-husband automatically defaulted to, well, the reason he's missing is because he might be in trouble for something? Yeah. And so we're going to allow him if he – we're not saying he did anything. There's no proof that Caleb did anything wrong, just for the record. But he's saying he was going to allow his son to get away with it if he did? Yeah. Okay. All right. So Caleb leaves with Kevin and uh, uh, allegedly drops Kevin off and disappeared. Kevin did get home, correct? As far as I know. Kevin's, Kevin's not missing. Right. All right. So Kevin got home somehow. And um, so in that year and a half, uh, being that the police don't want to do anything, what did you do? Um, you know, get it, we'll get into that. Uh, maybe we should start here. If the police uh, were not taking an interest in it, though, that they did, I guess by accident, um, find his uh, – what kind of vehicle was it and where was it found and when? Can we back up to absolutely October we can. 15? Well, absolutely. We can, let's back up. Let's talk about October 15th. Sure, go ahead. There was a – my sister-in-law told me about it. It was called the Missing in Arizona event at ASU West. Okay. So we went. That's where I got my DNA taken. I got a police report and a name of account. Great. Okay. So that happened in October of – so a year and a half later, though. Yeah. A year and a half later. And in that time of that year and a half, what was your impression as to what could have happened to Caleb? Any ideas whatsoever? Any insights? Uh, we don't talk theories and rumors on the program, but uh, what did your daughter say? What did your other son Daniel say? Any insights? What were you all talking about being that Caleb is missing and the police don't want to do anything about it? I felt – so when all this was going on, mm-hmm. my husband is only home on the weekends. My daughter's in school all day. She works in the evening. I wasn't alone, but I was. I You would not believe where my mind went. I had the medical examiner on speed dial. I would call every day hospitals to see if somebody in. I called the jail on my way home, kept thinking, okay, maybe he's there. Mm-hmm. If looking back now, it was it was a blur. Yeah, but okay, so you finally got. Um... Uh, things uh, official a year and a half later. My understanding yeah. is that your first detective was a woman. Yes. Okay, and she you like and you liked her a lot from what you've told me. Yes. Okay. Now we have to let's. All right. So a year and a half. Did you have any guesses at all? I mean, we, once again, we know that Kevin's not missing. So your Daniel, your son, told you that yeah, you know, Caleb dropped Kevin off. Or they went to drop Kevin off. Obviously, Kevin went missing, and something happened 
somewhere after Kevin yeah. got dropped off. Yeah. And uh, But you finally filed it a year and a half later. It becomes official. But we have to remember that this was Caleb's vehicle. You know, he was driving his own vehicle, a truck. And let's now talk about that. Being that the the police didn't do anything for a year and a half, what was the status of the truck that was also missing? I had no clue where it was. Okay. How did you find out that it had been found actually not long after Caleb went missing? How did you find that out? So it had been missing a year and a half. Mm-hmm. When I got the detective, can I say her name? You can absolutely say her name, please. When I got Detective Pulver at the Missing in Arizona event, she found the truck. How long she had the trip, I'm not sure. My sister-in-law, because Caleb went to live with his cousin Chris when he got out of prison. Mm-hmm. So my sister-in-law calls me one day, and she's like, it's urgent. I need you to call me. She, Her son got a letter from DMV that they wanted info charges. Hey. So I immediately text the detective, and I said, hey, I think I have, I think I know where Caleb's truck is. And she says, I've had it for a while. And she didn't tell you? No. Wow. Do you remember when this happened? I got the call from my sister-in-law in March. Of what year? Um, 16. So two years after Caleb goes missing, yes. uh, your uh, sister's son, right? Yeah. All right, gets a thing in the mail about how Caleb's truck is in an impound lot, and they want fees paid for it. Correct. And that was the first time you even knew. So for two years, just maybe to maybe make this easy for the listeners, for two years, you thought that both your son and his truck were missing, but then you found out two years later that only he was missing and that truck had actually been found. Correct. And nobody told you. Correct. Okay. Uh, the detective ever explain why she was holding out on you on the truck being found? She was waiting until she got evidence back. But can I ask a question here? Yeah, go ahead. So if you find an abandoned vehicle on the side of the road, mm-hmm. and you take it to a tow yard, whatever those places are called. Yeah, sure. Don't you report it to the DMV? Um, that is something that, uh, I'm not an expert on. I'm just going to be honest with you, uh, Lori. Um, what I, I will tell you that I'm surprised that being that they obviously knew who owned the truck or that they didn't return it. That's what I'm a, a little surprised by because we have many missing persons cases we've covered on and found where the person is missing, their vehicle is found. And usually a family member or somebody gets the truck back within like 24 hours. So to believe that they had that truck for two years and never told you, I'm more stunned by that than anything having to do with a DMV. I'm just not uh, – I don't know enough about them doing that to really say one way or the other. I can't give you a solid answer. So I was told that the reason that they didn't report it to DMV was because they were trying to sell it instead. Uh, 
I just once again, I don't really know what to say about that. Uh, I don't know how they could go about selling. I mean, I guess they're saying that the truck was abandoned, and you know, it's a little. It can only be abandoned if they were trying to contact the person who owned it and the person that responded. Well, it may be that Caleb, Caleb didn't respond because he was missing. Right. Um, that they didn't go that extra mile to try to figure out. Well, you know, it's just hard for me to say. Lori, I really don't know. I'm sure there is some sort of thing that if, you know, a motorcycle, boat, anything that is abandoned, and the person doesn't come pick it up after a certain amount of time, I guess their forfeiture laws, I guess they can sell it. I guess they can uh, to get their money back. As far as the DMV goes, I'm not really sure what the, they could file for a duplicate title or something, probably. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm not an expert in, tri in vehicle registrations in any state, so I really can't tell you. Um, what What is amazing to me, though, is that you're talking to this detective, but for several months, in since October 15 to just, uh, March 2016, and she never tells you that they have the truck. She just allowed to string you along, thinking they didn't. That bothers me. I don't know. I don't know when she got the truck. It could have okay. been the day before. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say it wasn't. The day before, that would just be too big of a coincidence to me. Uh, so I, I don't know what to say about the, them trying to sell the truck and everything else. But what you were able to determine, though, is that the truck was found, and where was it found? Say that one more time. Uh, you, but you did determine that the truck uh, was, of course, it was found, and not too long after Caleb went missing, if we're going to accept March seventeenth, 2014, when was the truck found? When was it towed away? Where was it found? It was found, so down on, I think it's 51st Avenue, there is a casino. The casino's name is The Cueva, mm -hmm. and it was found on the side of the road by the casino. Huh. And would you say, once again, your opinion, would you say that this is near where Kevin lived if being that we believe that Kevin Caleb dropped Kevin off at his house, is this close to where Kevin lived? Yes. It is. Okay. Uh, but would you say that if Caleb was dropped Kevin off and was going directly home, would you say that the casino is on the way? No. All right. It's in the opposite, opposite direction? direction? Opposite direction. Okay. Yeah. Uh, being that Caleb had been out of jail for roughly, let's just say, a year before he disappeared – did you ever know him to go to that casino or that hotel at all? No. Okay. So they're saying it wasn't in the parking lot. It was uh, on the side of the road. On the side of the road. Um, and how busy is that road? Obviously, if a casino's on it, I'm going to guess it's slightly busy, but uh, busy road? Yeah. Okay. It's like a main street. Okay. Is this uh, one of the casinos or hotels that's run by, like, uh, Native Americans? Is that – I would I would say yes because right across the street is Indian Reservation, Indian land. Okay. So what you're saying is then that the Caleb's vehicle was found very close to, if not on, in uh, Native American land? Correct. Okay. Uh, being that they had this truck – and what did your detective finally, when she admitted that they had the truck, did they find anything 
uh, unusual about it? Was anything of Caleb's found in it? Any evidence at all? No. None. Uh, do you uh, do you know if it was in running order? Was it out of gas? Uh, was anything of Caleb's found in it? His cell phone, his wallet, anything like that? I don't know if it was in running order or if it was out of gas, and mm. no, nothing personal. All right, so the truck's just abandoned. Yeah. Okay. When this was all, of course, it's with two years between him going missing and you finding out about his truck being found just days after he went missing down in the general area, do you know what either Lloyd, Kevin, or Kelly have ever said about um, uh, Caleb going missing? Do you know if the detective ever went to speak to any of them? I believe she went, but she never got anywhere. What does that mean? She would call and she'd never... Like, I went to her office once and we tried to call on one of his anniversaries and they would not answer the phone. It would go to voicemail, mm -hmm. I'd leave a message, I'd never get a call back. Yeah, I know that experience because we tried to contact him too. Um, are you saying she never, like, went to the place of business, the scrapyard or something, went to their address and knocked on the door? She never did that? I don't know. Okay, and, and unfortunately, she doesn't have to tell you if she did or not. Um, but once again, from your understanding is that Caleb drove Kevin home, and allegedly something happened after that. Correct. Um, do you even know if there were any other witnesses to Caleb dropping Kevin off that day? Yeah. Uh, was Kelly there? Yeah. Where was Kelly? Where was the father? Uh, did Kevin have roommates? Anything. I don't know any of that. Okay. Cell phone information. Um, he had his cell phone. Do you happen to know um, any information regarding that? Do you know if your detective has, got, has gotten uh, Caleb's information just to see where the last ping was? Um, any Any of that information? So by the time Detective Colbert got my case, Mm -hmm. It had been over a year and a half. Right. I tried to get the cell phone records, but I didn't have a password. Okay. Who, uh, if you know, who was paying? Uh, was uh, Caleb on his own plan? Do you know if he had one of those pay-as-you-go phones, or did he have more of a traditional plan like T-Mobile or something? Do you know? I believe he had – it was through Verizon. Verizon. Okay, and so to get those records, he was paying for it on his own. He wasn't like on a family plan that is so popular these days. Correct. All right, so you would not be able to get those records being that he was paying for them. The only people that could get that are the police. They would need a subpoena to do that, and your belief is they got them? I don't know. Okay, well, you should probably – these are things probably to figure out, and, and we know that sometimes the police do not let – uh, people know about these things, but we just you just have never seen – there's certainly cell phone information out there, and even though this disappearance is six and a half years old, my belief is you could st somebody could still get their hands on them. The information is surely out there somewhere. You just don't know what that information is. Right. Okay. Has anybody ever come forward, uh, once again, around March 17th or even March 18th, 
saying, yeah, I talked to somebody who wasn't Kevin or Kelly or Lloyd. Um, any of those people ever said come forward and said, yeah, I talked to Caleb that day? Anybody? No. When was, do you even happen to know when was the last time your daughter spoke to Caleb before he disappeared? Do you even know that? I believe it was the day before. Day before, March 16th. Okay. Yeah. Let's touch upon uh, this again because uh, I think that this is really going to stick out to the listeners. That we have to just have to remember something. You are Caleb's mother, but he was not living with uh, with you. He's a grown man. He's twenty something years old, mid twenties, living his own life, has his own job, was living by himself. Then he went and lived with his father. So it's not like you're keeping tabs on him. It's not your job anymore. Although you and he did see each other. Uh, I'm thinking though that if he had not come home after two or three days while living with you, you would have, you know been pretty serious about finding out what was going on. It seems his father was much different than that. Uh, can we just go through that again? He said that he didn't want to file a police report because he thought Caleb was in trouble. Correct. And uh, I guess the uh, Caleb's grandmother just went along with that? Yes. Okay. Um, I realize that you don't spoke to speak to your ex-husband, so your opinion may be a little biased, but would you say that this is consistent with how Caleb's father acts and, and is as a person? Yes. Okay. All right. Once again, for the listeners, we have to understand uh, exes can somewhat be a little biased, but uh, he's not here to talk. So we'll, we're just talking to Lori, but he's the one that was living with Caleb, and he's not. he's the one that didn't file any police report at all. All right. Um, you also said that uh, even though Caleb and his father were not uh, as close, it was really Caleb and the grandmother. That was the reason Caleb wanted to be there. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about uh, this young woman that uh, I have to admit there's still a big question mark in my mind because we're calling her Kelly. But the only Kelly that I could find was quite a bit older than Caleb, and I'm wondering if we're getting – I have to admit, Lori, I'm wondering if we're getting that name right because there is a Kayla who was younger than Caleb. And, I want to say there might be a younger sister. Mm-hmm. But you're fairly sure that it was Kayla, Kelly, not Kayla. Correct. Okay, because Kelly is quite a bit older. Maybe she's just young looking for her age and, and good for her. But um, the the Kelly that I could find that could be connected to Lloyd um, was a few years older than Caleb, and I and I will show that information uh, after we're done with this interview. But um, you know, you had told me though at one time that maybe Kevin had said something that you heard through the grapevine that Kelly was actually there when Caleb dropped Kevin off. Did you tell that to me, or or am I imagining that? I don't remember that. Okay. I might have uh, gotten some things uh, screwed up. But uh, once again, we know that Kevin is not missing, and we have the story that Caleb dropped him off. Okay. Uh, you've stated, uh, Lori, that your daughter and Caleb were very close, you know, texting back and forth, et cetera. Um, your son Daniel was the one, though, who told you about this Caleb and Kevin 
uh, story. That didn't come from your ex or the ex's grandmother or anybody else. That came from your son Daniel. Has he ever offered up his own theory? Uh, did, was he bothered that his father didn't file a police report when Caleb didn't come back? What can you say about that? Daniel is not one to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So if you ask him more than one question, he's pretty much going to shut down. I see. Okay. Uh, so he just doesn't like to talk about it uh, at all. No. When no. Uh, so, when was the last time your understanding? Your understanding is when was the last time Daniel saw Caleb? From the previous weekend. The previous weekend. Okay. Yeah. And so then he is the one who went over to there, over to your exes and the, your ex-husbands, and they're the ones that say, "Yeah, Caleb and Kevin left, and Caleb never came back." That's how that all happened. Correct. All right. Now, uh, we should state this, though. Uh, As I stated, I've looked up um, Kevin and Lloyd. They do not have much criminal records to speak of. But you had told me at one time, though, that Caleb had told you that that Lloyd had asked him to do something illegal. What was that? Down one of Kevin's trailers for insurance money. Do you know if Caleb did that? I just have to ask. Do you know if Caleb did that or not? I do not know. And I want to say no, but mm-hmm. after Caleb told me that, there was a news story around that area of a trailer burning. And I mm-hmm. sent Caleb a text message and asked him. Mm-hmm. And he said no. Okay. Do you... Now, whether he did or not, I don't know. Okay. Do you uh, – I would never ask you to say the specific day, but do you remember the month and year uh, that he told you that? How long before his disappearance do you think he told you that? Probably a month. Okay. Do you think that this trailer uh, that Lloyd allegedly wanted to burn down, would that have been the one that Caleb was living in, or was it something else? It was something else. Is that the only story that Caleb ever told you about, once again, alleged, uh, that uh, that Lloyd asked him to do something illegal? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I guess what you're saying is, and also getting to this, I guess what you're saying is the Bantas have not been very helpful in Caleb's disappearance at all. Correct. Um, although I will say, on the other hand, from what we know, the public information, it doesn't sound like uh, the detective, uh, even though you liked her, and we'll get to – she's not on the case anymore. We'll get to that in a moment. But it doesn't sound to me, at least not to your knowledge, that she ever went over there and actually tried to confront Lloyd or Kevin at their place of business either. Correct. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about this detective. You had the first one. You liked her. How long was she on the case? And and, and then she got uh, moved. She moved on. How long did that last? I think it was only. It was 
not a year, but over six months. Okay. Maybe about eight months. Okay. And did she tell you when she was moving on, or did you just have to find that out the hard way? No, she told me. She told you. Okay. Yeah. And how many different detectives have you had uh, since uh, she left? I don't know. And why don't you know? Because you never hear from them. You never hear from them? No. Okay. When was the last time you would say you tried to contact them about information regarding Caleb's disappearance? When I went down there in December of, I think it was 2016 or 2017. Wow. So like three or four years ago. Yeah. Okay. And uh, have you have you attempted to call them and they just don't call you back, or what would you say? What what is the usual? How the does detective? it usually go? Yeah. So there's a little story to that. I work in medical records, and it was Christmas time, 2015, 2016, and this younger guy comes in and he says, "I need to get records on my dad." He says, "My dad's homeless. He's been homeless for 20 years." He's a drug addict, and we only hear from him once once a year. He always calls us on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Well, this year, we missed his call, so I put out a missing person alert, and they found him in your building three days later. So how is somebody that is homeless, is a drug addict, more important than somebody who's not? Why is somebody with a record not worth looking for? Mm-hmm. Don't look for for the person for them. Look for the ones they left behind. Yeah. That's when I went and I sat down at Missing Persons Unit and I got the director and the detective. His name is Chris Jensen. And he just told me, he goes, I don't get personally invested in my cases. And I've never heard from him. Okay. All right. Uh, very common story. Very common. And, you know, it, it, my impression is that uh, these cases, you know, once they get to be five or six years old, um, this is not to sadden you or anybody else, but it's like they're 20 years old or 30 years old. You know, it seems like this first couple years – um, of course, something of course uh, something did go on in the, those first couple years after Caleb went missing. You you know you found out that his truck was found and and all of that. But after that, it doesn't seem like there's been any new information. No. Okay. Have you ever attempted yourself to go to where Lloyd and Kevin work and and talk to them yourself? Yourself. No. Any particular reason? Not that I would necessarily support that, but any particular reason you haven't? So, my husband works during the week, Mm -hmm. and he's only home on the weekend. Okay. If something happened to Caleb while he was around them, that just scares me. Okay. I get that. Of course. Of course. Okay. 
Um, let's move on to this. Uh, I think the, the listeners already uh, have a you know good idea that the last six and plus years uh, have been pretty bad, uh, as is usually the case. It seems like um, they're even worse than what we usually hear because they didn't want to take a police report on him for two years. And then, or at least a year and a half, and then you, two years later is when you find out they actually had his truck the whole time. You're thinking it's missing, and it's not. It's right there, um, you know, in some impound yard. What did happen to the truck, by the way? Do you even know? As far as I know, it's still down in police evidence. I don't know how they, how long they keep it down there for. Okay. So uh, that's there, and uh, you know, I just have to ask you that. Truck abandoned. We, you know, we have this story. The the Bantas don't want to help out in any of this. Maybe that means something. Maybe it doesn't. Any chance that Caleb could have just walked off out of his life for some reason? Anything like that at all? Anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Like living out here in Phoenix, I love when the seasons change. What twice a year from hot to cool? Yeah. But because hikers come out. Hunters are out. Yeah. I know, and I've known for a long time, I'm just waiting for remains. I don't care who did it. I don't care how you did it. I just want to know where. That's all I want. You told me that uh, that the girlfriend that uh, Caleb had, she she called actually looking for him. Is that right? You did say that during this conversation, right? In the beginning, yes. In the beginning. So she didn't know where he was either? No. And that was the last time you ever spoke to her? Yes. You'd think that she was dating Caleb, she would be a little more forthcoming uh, with uh, information. Of course, talking to you, keeping in touch with you. Not sure what to think of that. Okay. Um, um, were any searches ever done in that area? Have any searches ever been organized? Because I've looked at satellite views. Even though the, the casino is there, you are kind of getting toward the outskirts of Phoenix. Any searches, anything like that ever done? For Caleb? Yes. Yeah. No. No. If if there were, I never knew about that. Okay. Anytime my like when my husband and I found out that where his truck was found, we went. But while we're out there, what do you look for? Yeah. Are you looking for like a rolled up carpet? Do you know how much underbrush gets on, around a tree? Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, we, yeah. we went out there, we spent hours, but I'll admit we had no clue what right. we were looking for. Right, and it's, and, it, and, it, and it's expansive. Yeah. Yeah. So no really large organized searches done in the last six and a half years, um, and I realize uh, searches putting them together is not easy uh, to get people to show up, et cetera. 
Um, I, I realize you haven't had much contact with the newest detective or detectives, but the first uh, detective that you had, the woman uh, whose name you've already mentioned here, did she ever offer up a theory as to what happened to Caleb? No. Never said, you know what, we think that he might have got mixed up with the wrong people. We think that he and Kevin might have gotten into something and something happened. Never offered up not one theory at all. That, yes. Yes. Oh, okay. All right, so I'll ask you again. Did she offer up a theory or not? I'm, I'm not asking yes. for your theory. Yes. Being that it's coming from a person in a position of authority who's looking into it or was when she was on it, did she ever offer up a theory based on what she found? Yes, just that he was, he may have been mixed up with somebody in the wrong crowd mm-hmm. or something happened during the, the ride home. Okay. All right. And once again, uh, for the listeners, I will be diagramming uh, these different locations so you have an appreciation for where we're talking about from Surprise, Arizona, where – uh, Caleb had moved to to live with his father and his grandmother down to where Kevin lived at the time to where the casino is, and we will just use the casino as the approximate area where um, the truck was found. So to give you an idea of how far it is from the casino to where Kevin lived, and you'll also be able to see how it is not – the casino is not on the way home from Kevin's. Maybe Caleb went over to the casino or something. We just I, we just don't know. Uh Lori, do you have a a, a Facebook page or anything like that set up for Caleb? Yes, there are actually two of them. Wow, okay. Yeah. One of them is Help Find Missing Caleb Powell. Okay. Oh, that's both of them. They just have two different posters. Okay, so two two pages with the same names. One page, two different posters. One page, two different uh, different posters. Why don't you uh, give yes. that name out one more time, please? Help find missing Caleb Powell. Caleb Powell. C A L E B P O W E L L. Okay. Correct. Uh, Lori, uh, any final words before we complete this interview? No. I just want to know where he's at. Okay. Well, uh, the listeners should know that uh, it took a while for this to come together. I think we've been talking uh, about since March of this year, so about six months. Uh, but it's finally good to have you finally on the program, uh, Lori, Lori. So I thank you for being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And that was my interview with Lori Powell, mother of Caleb Powell. I thank her for joining me and all of you on the program. As I stated during the interview, I made a video for this disappearance. I thought I had to do that considering all the different locations involved. You can now find it on the Unfound podcast channel on YouTube. So, what to think about Caleb's disappearance? We have a father and grandmother who didn't file a missing persons report. In fact, you get the feeling that if Lori wasn't around, nobody would have filed a report in the last six and a half years. Well, maybe Caleb's sister would have. And we have a friend and co-worker of Caleb's, Kevin, whose story is that Caleb dropped him off, and that was that. 
Well, in examining that point more closely, we are just taking for granted that is what he said. Why? Because we're not sure if the police talked to him or not. And we had unfound tried to reach him with no success. So, in a way, we're just taking for granted that Caleb dropped Kevin off and left. Because we know that Caleb drove Kevin home that day, and Kevin isn't missing, but Caleb is. The toughest part in this entire disappearance is Caleb really did seem to be on track as a free man. Except for a couple traffic tickets after he got out of jail, he was a model citizen, at least according to his criminal records, which I've seen. No drugs, no violence, no robberies, and certainly no hate crimes. Meaning, it doesn't seem he was doing anything that would cause his disappearance. And it doesn't seem he was hanging around anyone who would cause his disappearance. Yet, we can't forget what date this happened on. March 17th. A big party day. At least in the United States. People getting liquored up. There's probably a higher number of bar fights on this date than any other. People drinking and driving. It's like New Year's Eve, but in March. Could this have been a factor in Caleb's disappearance? Because I find it hard to believe that two 20-somethings, Caleb and Kevin, with time on their hands that evening, wouldn't partake in the celebrations going on. Or more simply, did Caleb drop Kevin off, then decide to go to a bar on his own? And could this disappearance happening on St. Patrick's Day not be a coincidence? I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Densel, and you've been listening to Unfound.